Let's be honest. Life is complex. Inside of us, there are conflicting desires and demands. There are few easy answers, even fewer clear choices. If you were an ethicist, you would ask, well, when is individual conscience set aside for the good of society? Or how do we portion out our public health dollars? Or when is it that comfort for one's family is sacrificed for the well-being of neighbor? But if you're not an ethicist and you find yourself to be a struggling human being, you ask yourself questions more along the line of, what do I do when my child breaks my heart? Or what do I do when I'm scared to death that I'll break someone else's heart? In a world that is too often framed these days in absolutes, in terms of black or white, yes or no, with us or against us, we, honest with ourselves, human beings, usually stumble along not knowing quite what the answers should be. How to navigate life, which path to choose. Those are never quite so simple things as the simplistic answers that are often offered by religious, secular humanist, or political authorities. If you don't believe me on that last one, look no further than the other end of Capitol Avenue and compare what's happening there with what happens in real life. Usually, instead of holding on to absolutes, we take what we have and we deal with it in its complexity, even if the answers are not satisfying. We compromise. If you want an example, look no further than poor old Matthew, the writer of today's gospel readings. He was doing his best to share the good news of the death and, resur of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he had to do so in the context of the audience to whom he was writing. Now, we think that it was a religious audience, knowledgeable of Jewish history and scripture, an audience careful to get it right, as religious audiences are so often. And he was trying to breathe new life into ancient sacred texts. He saw Jesus' entry into Jerusalem as a way to interpret the prophet Zechariah from 500 years earlier when Zechariah talked about a king who would enter the city bringing peace. But Matthew ran into a problem. From his reading of the ancient text, he could not determine whether Zechariah's king coming into Jerusalem was riding a donkey or riding his offspring. Matthew so wanted to get it right but he couldn't find an easy answer. Sound familiar in our own lives? So Matthew did something probably not unlike what most of us would do. He put Jesus on both donkey and its offspring. Not a very pretty solution. Go back and read the lesson carefully and compare it with the other gospelers' accounts. Yes, according to Matthew, Jesus sat on the back of two animals as he entered Jerusalem. No absolutes. No black or white. In comparison to the other Gospels, not very convenient for anyone who propounds the theory of a seamless consistency in sacred scripture. But in the end, it was very much like what most of us ordinary human beings who must live with the gray would do. 
Sometimes the answer is, I'm not certain. I thank God for the honesty in Matthew's predicament. He was honest enough to say that he didn't have a clear answer and that he was willing to live with the messiness that complicated situations present in the anticipation, in the hope that something good and ultimately life-giving would emerge. The reality that he had to deal with ultimately became a witness to resurrection. Perhaps we can say that out of uncertainty can come new life. Today we attempt to breathe new life into ancient religious texts. We do so because we ride through life simultaneously held up by so many supports, some of them ultimately incompatible. Some of them not offering a very pretty solution. You can make your own list. I know have, I have mine, and that list causes me to stay awake at night. We never really answer a simple yes or no to questions. I suppose that in the end, we sort of act like Jesus in front of Pilate, a Jesus who says, you say so, when questioned on where he stands. And then when things get darkest, we ask why we are forsaken by God, because I think we presume that God forsakes the unsure. If you want to hear some small bit of good news on this day when we plunge into the dark news of Holy Week, a week that did not have the peace that I bet a lot of the followers of Jesus imagined when they welcomed him coming into Jerusalem as king, then the following is that good news. Never think that our inability to see clearly or our lack of clear answers or those feelings deep inside ourselves of forsakenness Never think that they are signs that we are not worthy. No, they are signs that we are living the same lives as Jesus and Matthew and the hundred generations of humans from then until now. There is something holy in our struggle. Life's complicated. Decisions are rarely clear-cut. But if we learn anything today from what Matthew did, it is that stories of confusion and doubt and not knowing which option to take end up becoming sacred stories. That's the new life that is breathed today into an ancient sacred text. I can't promise you clarity. I rarely see it in my own life. It can be discouraging. But you and I can wait for something new to happen we can move beyond an entry into Jerusalem. We can anticipate what might be beyond darkness. We can look into the very tombs of our broken and confused lives for signs of new life. I think Holy Week asks us to do exactly that. Amen.